I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back along to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90-min football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu. Back uh, after a couple of days off, actually, uh, we did drop our Urian Timber piece uh, for members, which I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, over the weekend. But I did uh, sort of take Saturday off because there wasn't really anything major going on. There weren't really any major updates with regards to uh, our pursuit of Declan Rice, with regards to our pursuit of Yuri and Timber. And the same was kind of the case yesterday, although I did uh, say to those of you that follow me on Twitter, I did put this out there yesterday. I had an awfully sore throat. It's a lot better today, which is good and is important because, um, yeah, uh, I've got uh, <laughs> loads um loads going on today so um yeah here we are we're back I'm, I'm feeling better and I'm looking forward to uh getting stuck in uh to all the latest transfer uh news but yeah hope you guys are well how was your weekend let's see what you guys are saying uh in the live chat box uh what we got here uh big hello to clock orange uh to mk uh, to Pankaj, to Harry, we've got Neil, we've got Peanut Butter Jelly Time. I haven't seen that one in here in a while. Uh, great name. K-Boss is with us. James T uh, with a pint of beer. a bit early. Come on, man. It's not even 11 o'clock yet. <laughs> uh, not that I'm judging. Christoph says, morning, Harry. Morning to everyone. We've got Nexus who says, you're late. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, MK says, uh, let's all give Harry a like to start off his week in a positive way. That'd be nice. Uh, that'd be nice. Nexus raising a story... Uh, that has been linked, um, or, or, or a story that links Arsenal, I should say, with Javi Simmons, who we've talked about earlier on in the summer. Um, apparently, he doesn't want to report, uh, he doesn't want to return, I beg your pardon, to PSG, who are able to exercise a buyback clause uh, should there be agreement on all sides. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, we'll get on to uh, that one maybe a little bit later. We might save that for another show because at this moment in time, at the time of recording, he's coming from Lekeep, and I'm not totally convinced uh, about Lekeep as a source. Uh, ben Stokes says, are you part of the 90min multi-channel model? What does that mean? Um, my podcast is a part of the 90min network, um, but it is my podcast. It, it always will be. None of that uh, changes. Um, but yeah, all it means is that you can find it on the 90min website as well, basically. Um, and, and we're partnered up. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Derek is with us wondering, Minstrel, AJ, Envoy, Jane, uh, MC says, just a quick question. Are you the voice of Huel on Spotify? I am not. Uh, I am not. I'm not the voice of Huel. Uh, Leslie says uh, she went and got burnt over the weekend. Yeah, I think lots of people fell into that trap. It, the weather was stunning here uh, in the UK. Um, but yeah, no, yes, yeah, a rookie mistake. Come on. Come on. Uh, OK, let, let's do this then. Let's um, let's dive into the updates today. Uh, still silence on Declan Rice. We're going to come into that or onto that in a little bit because I want to have a little bit of a kind of like a rant uh, about this whole Declan Rice thing and sort of the way it's being talked about by people outside of the Arsenal sphere. I found it really, really frustrating to deal with over the last couple of days. So I want to address that situation. But we're going to start off with the latest on Urian Timber. Now, of course, the Dutchman been linked with a move to Arsenal for a good little while now. Um, is he somebody 
that Arsenal are going to be able to get in. It certainly feels that way. And it certainly feels as though this is progressing towards its conclusion. Fabrizio Romano came out this morning and said Arsenal are getting closer to signing Yuri and Timber after the second official bid was submitted today. He said he understands that the value of the second proposal is close to 45 to 48 million euros. He said the contract is ready and has been agreed between Timber and Arsenal. It will keep uh, the Dutchman at the club until 2028. He's been clear that he loves the Arsenal project and that he wants to join them. So another example of a player, and we've heard this quite a bit over the weekend with regards to Kai Havertz as well. But this is another example of a player that has been completely sold on the idea of coming to play for Mikel Arteta and coming and becoming a part of this Arsenal project, which is clearly at the point where I would argue it hasn't even gone bang yet, which is the most exciting thing about it. But listen, Urien Timber was wanted by Manchester United last summer. I expected Manchester United to go in and, and try and, and make a deal happen this summer too. We know that he's got those close personal links and ties with Eric Ten Hag, which you felt may have given them an advantage in this. But Arsenal, Arteta uh, have been able to convince Urien Timber that this is a great place for him. And it sounds like he is really, really pushing hard from his side. Now, just some follow up information from sort of bits and pieces that I've heard. The value of this second proposal is between 45 and 48 million euros, as is being reported by Fabrizio Romano. But it's said that that's not inclusive of any bonuses and add-ons that may be included in the deal to get it over the line. It's not quite the £60 million that Ajax was said to be looking for, but it's certainly a lot closer than our initial offer, which was around the €34, €35 million Euro mark. So there's been a conversation. There's been a sort of acceptance on both sides, it seems, to meet somewhere in the middle. And it looks as though Yuri and Timber is going to be an Arsenal player before long. It's said that Arsenal are desperate to get this deal done within the next week or so. So, um, yeah, uh, really, really uh, looking forward um, to... Uh, to this one getting wrapped up, fingers crossed, over the next few days. But I, I think he'd be a great addition. I really, really do. Um, spoke about him when we were first linked and, and what I think he would bring to the table and how much of a, a sort of, you know, a, a great addition I think he would be. But we also, uh, for our members over on the Another Slice platform. So if you want access to more uh, Chronicles of Aguna content, uh, you might be sick of me, but if you aren't and you want a little bit more uh, and you want some uh, breakdowns on individual players whereby we talk about them in a little bit more detail, our latest members episode, that was our second members episode last week, is available now if you go over to the Another Slice platform. The link is in the description, anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. It will take you to the homepage. You can subscribe for just £5 a month and you'll get at least two pieces of members content per week moving forward. You'll be supporting me to provide you with more content. The more budget we have, the better we can make things. The more we can use uh, guests from outside, um, the more we can get help with production when it comes to sort of making bespoke pieces as well. So really, really want to sort of hammer down on on sort of upping things a level uh, going into the new season. And um, and if you support us on Another Slice, you'll be able to do that. The reason we use Another Slice and not Patreon or, or the YouTube membership or anything like that is because Another Slice give basically everything bar a very, very tiny proportion to the creator, um, which is... Um, what we want and, and what we need to be able to, to reinvest that back in. But also 
we want to uh, continue supporting the charity that we're supporting at the moment, which is the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital, from whom uh, there are and will be going on as well moving forward, uh, regular donations from our membership pot. But yeah, um, so that's the latest piece. You can head over there and you can catch it. Urian Timber uh, is uh, edging closer towards an Arsenal move. And the piece that I've put out there is why Urian Timber would complete Arteta's defensive unit. And I really do believe that the signing of the Dutchman would do exactly that. I explain why. I explain what I mean by a complete defensive unit. I, I sort of talk about the alternative options uh, that we have and how he adds to that and how he fits into the positions that maybe we were just a little bit short in and that ultimately cost us last season. But yeah, this is um, this is a, a, an interesting piece, I think. So uh, head over, check it out and uh, let me know if you enjoy it. Uh, everybody's saying um, Timber, like, you know, the whole... Yeah, it'll be great, wouldn't it, if they announced him sort of standing in a forest with a massive axe cutting through this huge old tree. And then just as it was about to fall, shouting timber or someone else shouting timber and he turns around and the camera pans around to him. That'd be a great announcement video, wouldn't it? It would be fantastic. <laughs> um, there we go. So um, that is getting closer, it seems. Looking very much forward. To hearing about the the conclusion of that one uh, as well let's um let's dive into the chat box and see what you guys uh, are saying there's a few questions in there hold fire on the questions because i will come to them towards the end of the show we'll spend a bit of time uh, on them um don't forget to leave a like by the way on the video if you haven't done so already subscribe to the channel all of the rest of it there's a fair few of you watching us right now and the number of likes on the board doesn't quite mirror that. I think we're going to bring you a second episode today as well. Um, that is the plan, just depending on um, how things go, what the, the news is looking like. Uh, there is a, a plan to bring a second episode to you guys a little bit later on this evening. So stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, John Daly says, can see us getting three or four signings in this week. Yeah, I think we we really do need to move forward with some of these targets. You know, I think we're going to get the Kai Havertz one done and probably announced as well, given that we heard that the medical took place over the weekend. Jorginho teasing it as well uh, on his uh, Instagram story. I'm sure many of you saw that, uh, Jorginho. Uh, I think Kepa Aretha Balaga's wedding, where Kai Havertz was also in attendance. And, uh, and of course, they took a picture together, which Jorginho posted with some um, sort of eyes emojis and, and smiley faces or whatever it was, laughing faces. So I think that one is uh, is pretty much all done and dusted. Um, I'm just favoriting some of the questions that I'm seeing as I'm going through the chat because I'm going to come back to them a little bit later on. Um, just going on to the Declan Rice thing, because I think, look, one of the, the concerns Arsenal fans have had or, or, or sort of felt, I guess, over the weekend is that, well, if we are this close and, and if Manchester City are indeed not 100% around whether or not they're going to make a bid and, you know, as some sort of West Ham sources have suggested over the weekend, Declan Rice only wants to join Arsenal. That is his preference and there isn't really too much to be concerned about. People are thinking, well, why hasn't it moved forward and why haven't we heard any further information? Now, my understanding of the situation is that at this moment in time, Declan Rice wants to join Arsenal Football Club. Manchester City, having been made aware of that, have yet to submit an offer. But also Manchester City are not 100% convinced that dropping £100 million, which is what it's going to take in terms of total value of this deal, on Declan Rice, 
at this moment in time is the best use of their money. They've already brought in Mateo Kovacic to replace Ilkay Gundogan, whose uh, move to Barcelona was confirmed officially by both sides this morning. They're looking at Gvardiol, the Croatian centre-back, and, and that's a, a deal that's said to be worth in total in the region of around about 100 million euros, which Pep Guardiola, to my understanding, sees as more of a priority. I was speaking to somebody yesterday who is of a Manchester City persuasion and who said to me that Pep Guardiola doesn't see there as being that much difference between Declan Rice in the midfield area and John Stones. Now, I know people will say, well, but John Stones by trade is a centre-half and Declan Rice is a specialist midfielder, etc., etc. But genuinely, uh, from the Manchester City side, from people I've spoken to, there is a... It's not, it's not fact. I'm not going to say it's fact, but there is a belief within their ranks that Pep Guardiola doesn't see the need to bring in Declan Rice, having overseen the transition of, De of John Stones from defender to midfielder. Over the summer, he also brought in, of course, Calvin Phillips last season, who wasn't able to make much of an impact for one reason or another. And he wants to give him a go as well. So the reason City, we think, haven't made that bid just yet is A, because Declan Rice has made it clear, it seems, that Arsenal is where he wants to be. But B, also, because there is, I think there is a a reluctance to drop that kind of money on a player that they maybe don't need 100%. And that kind of leads me on into my rant, which I'm going to do now. Uh, I said to you guys at the top of the show that I had a bit of a rant uh, that I wanted to uh, fly off the handle on something. And, and this is with regards to the way I think a lot of people are, are talking about Arsenal and in, you know, based on what they're saying, a lack of appeal that Arsenal apparently have. I don't think this is true. I don't think this is the case whatsoever. It's I'm not going to go as far as saying it's angered me, but it has irritated me and got under my skin. So over the course of the weekend, I've I've done a lot of radio work. Um, I've been really, really busy. I did say to you guys that I wanted to wind it down over the summer. It's actually got busier. I guess it's a combination of things. The transfer stories, Arsenal obviously being right in the thick of that again, but also because people are on holiday. And so there have been opportunities for me to fill in here and there, which has been great, et cetera, et cetera. But I've spoken over the course of the weekend to maybe three or four ex-footballers. Three or four ex-footballers who are very prominent in the media these days and who have completely dismissed the idea that Declan Rice might want to go to Arsenal over Manchester City. And whilst I accept that there is an argument to be made the other way, and whilst I accept they're a wonderful football team, they've just won the treble, all of the rest of it, to completely dismiss Arsenal and Mikel Arteta's appeal right now and the appeal of the project I think is damn right disrespectful and I think it's nonsense and what I have found working in the media over the last couple of years more so than ever is that a lot of ex-footballers not all of them some of them are, are really cool to work with some of them are really open-minded some of them are really respectful in that they'll listen to your opinions and and stuff. And, and what a lot of them do, I think, but what a lot of them do, I think, is what I should say here, is also dismiss people's opinions because they haven't played the game. And even if they don't sit there and directly say, I think your opinion is is nonsense, the way they talk to you, I think at times can be quite patronising. And, and the way they 
just sort of disregard an opinion that could be very, very valid is really, really frustrating. Now, you might be an ex-footballer. I don't care how long you played the game for. I have respect for the fact that you got to that level, of course. But it doesn't make you an expert on every single football club out there. Despite having not played the game, somebody who covers Arsenal on a weekly basis, I would say, is more of an expert than a player who never got anywhere near Arsenal in their career but watches them from afar and makes comparisons to stories from the 1990s and thinks that football is exactly the same in 2023. And so they must be right. And everything that they say is the gospel truth. No, it doesn't work like that. Sorry, you might be an ex-player. I've got lots of respect um, for what you've achieved within the game as a professional, but it doesn't mean you know everything about my football club. And my God, it's driven me mad over the course of the weekend. The truth is this, okay? There is plenty of appeal when it comes to Arsenal Football Club. There always has been because this is a huge, huge football club. OK, some of these pundits, ex-players, whatever, that sit there and constantly criticise Arsenal, say, well, they bottled the league last season and all the rest of it, never even got near the level of a club like this. Um, you know, and they can dismiss the appeal all they like. But Declan Rice could well prefer to move to Arsenal, not just because of the excitement around the project and where he thinks this might go, because of what he's been promised, because of what he's been guaranteed. You know, he'll have been guaranteed a certain place in the side at Arsenal that he probably won't get at Manchester City. He'll be guaranteed to be a centre point and a, and a real key part of the project. Those things appeal to some players, you know. Not everybody. Some would rather go and sit on the bench at Manchester City, for example, um, and, um, and you know, collect medals at the end of the season. But there's got to be a part of you that isn't 100% totally satisfied with that. You know, that, that's, that's just the way, that, that's the way I think I'd be. Okay, great, you take it. You've won the trophies. You've been in and around it. You know what it takes. Great. But are you completely 100% satisfied if you're a bit part player? I don't think you can be. I don't think you can be. Um... Let me go into the chat because some of you are pushing back uh, on the on what I'm what I'm saying here. Tears of disgust said it might sound patronising, but I know this for fact from another sport. If you never played at a certain level, certain things are invisible to you. But it's not the end and be all to know football. I'm not saying that these people's opinions should be dismissed, but that's that's the point I'm making. They are quite happy to dismiss other people's opinions. But whenever somebody pushes back on one, they'll go, yeah, but I was a professional footballer. I played at this level. There are lots of ex-professional footballers that are in the media that talk absolute nonsense. There are loads of them, loads of them, absolute frauds. There are some I've even worked with that have turned up to talk about a weekend of football, having not even watched any of it. So what do they do? They get by on cliches. They get by on stories from when they were playing. They get by making comparisons that really don't have any relevance to the situations and games that we're discussing. I'm not saying all of them. I think there are some brilliant ones out there. There are loads. There are loads and loads and loads that I could sit there and listen to all day. But there are some that it's so clear to me that, yeah, they played the game at a high level. And if you ask them about the clubs that they played for or around particular situations that they may have experienced themselves, they're going to give you loads of valuable insight. But nobody knows everything about every football club and nobody sees the full picture around every single football club. And 
it's it's not that they have an opposing opinion. It's that they just want to shut people down. It drives me non. It, it drives me mad. Uh, MK says, uh, I can feel the passion here, mate. Call them out, cheeky buggers. This window may change a few opinions if we follow through with all the rumors. I'm not going to call anyone individually out because it's not one person that's riled me. It's just the way that, generally speaking, people in the media over this weekend have just dismissed um, sort of the idea that Declan Rice could want to go to Arsenal. You know, it's to me, it's it's mad. Like that people could just go, well, well, that can't be true. So let's not even talk about it or or even consider it. Matt G says, I think the reason why Rice is keen on the move to Arsenal is that he's been guaranteed the Partey spot and Partey has been told he's not going to be a part of Arteta's plans next season. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe, you know, uh, I'm I'm a little bit on the whole on the fence about the whole Partey thing at this moment in time because a week or so ago, I was convinced he was going. And then just over the course of the last few days, I've sort of spoken to a few people, read a few stories that actually Thomas Partey is quite happy at Arsenal and happy to continue on at the football club. And so if there's not really that desire and willingness to move on on his part, and there isn't really a massively appealing offer in terms of finances for Arsenal to be pushing it really, really hard, is this actually going to materialise? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Alistair Ben says, uh, "Big Mad Rice has a lot more uh, commercial asset uh, than uh, Caicedo. Rice will pay for itself with the shirt sales alone. Yeah, it, it certainly helps. Um, it certainly helps uh, to to have sort of an England international, somebody that is sort of loved up and down the country as a part of your team. I think it does help for sure." Uh, Hardly says, uh, agree with you, Harry. Thank you for pushing back on these. I don't even want to watch some of the shows uh, on TalkSport. I I wasn't speaking about TalkSport specifically, but there are people on every radio station, every TV channel that I, unfortunately, I don't agree with. And, you know, that's fine. If everybody agreed, it would be boring. I don't have a problem with with people having opposing opinions. But like, I will listen to someone or I'll do a radio show with someone and I'll disagree with them, but I'll still give their opinion the time of day. I'll still listen to what they have to say. Okay, a lot of the time my mind is made up and it's going to take a lot to convince me, but I'm not going to completely dismiss what they are saying. And I felt like over the course of the weekend, some of the things I was saying with regards to why maybe Declan Rice might prefer to come to Arsenal, why it seems that at this moment in time, Manchester City haven't actually followed through with a bid. People were just dismissing me as if I was just some kid that was talking nonsense. And it was like, well, sorry, but I don't care how many games you played for X, Y, Z. You don't know Arsenal better than me. And and you don't know Arsenal better than its own supporters and its own fans. Uh, MC says, can we remove the word bottle? slash hijack so the words bottle slash hijack from football it'd be nice wouldn't it um but they're headline drivers aren't they uh, that's what they are headline slash click drivers um what else have we got in the chat box uh, uh <laughs> this is a great point um can't remember the last time we were so active in the transfer window this is from luke he says um can't remember the last time we made so many bids on different players anyway. Do you remember the window where we signed a player with a broken back? We've progressed. Kim Kalstrom. <laughs> uh, Mr. Smith also makes a really valid point. He says uh, the, there are factors outside of football that influence players' decisions too. 
absolutely 100 percent um absolutely 100 percent agree on that and the london factor from what we've heard from declan rice in the past i think he's gonna play a part here and he's gonna have some sort of impact okay um what else did I want to talk about? So we've spoken Yuri and Timber. We've spoken Declan Rice. Still at the time of recording, no update on this. Um, hopefully we get something uh, very, very soon. I've had my uh, little rant about um, about the uh, disrespect shown towards Arsenal, I feel anyway, by uh, a number of ex-players out there in the media. Um, we talked about the Kai Havertz thing. Looks like that's getting closer as well. Uh, just a couple of little other bits and pieces. Mikel Arteta's interview with Marker over the weekend I thought was really good. If you haven't read uh, it in full or, or seen some of the clips, check it out. I thought it was really, really good, really, really insightful. He talked about sort of what he felt about Arsenal prior to taking the job and so what his first kind of um, port of call was uh, with regards to rebuilding that connection. I think it's great. It's all kind of stuff we've heard before, but I think he went into another layer of depth um, or another level of depth, which I really, really enjoyed uh, just looking at that interview. Elsewhere, Ethan Nwaneri, of course, the Arsenal youngster who made his debut for the club at just 16 years of age earlier on in the season or early in the season at Brentford, is a target for Chelsea, apparently. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and, and beg players that don't want to stay to stay because... I think that, you know, I think that if you are at that age, you need to have the right people around you and you need to, you need to be smart in the way you go about things. And at 16 years old, you might not be at that maturity level. I certainly wasn't at 16. I probably wasn't at 18. I probably wasn't at 20. Um, you know, I think that you, you can get sucked into things my issue is this when it comes to Ethan Waneri. Just look at what's happened to Amari Hutchinson. Where is he? Where is he? You know, he was talked about as as a real breakout talent at Arsenal. You know, we've shown over the last few years that we will give young players the opportunity if they're good enough. To be fair to Chelsea, you look at that side, there is players, there has been players over the last few years in and around that side that have come up through the ranks, have spent some time out on loan, but eventually got their opportunities in the first team. So Chelsea probably not the worst for this. But when you think about how overbloated their squad was, to go there was a massive, massive gamble. And I don't think it's worked for Amari Hutchinson. It hasn't been a clearer path to the first team than he would have had here at Arsenal. So um, I think if I were Ethan Ranieri, I'd be wary of this move. Um, you're still 16 years old, 17 years old, whatever you are, you you still got so much time in front of you. Like, don't commit to something that could potentially be damaging. If he wants to go, good luck to him. But I just, I, I don't see how it works. I don't see how he'd be moving to a healthier environment in that sense. Uh, we're also hearing about some Turkish interest in Nuno Tavares. Galatasaray said to be interested in the Portuguese defender. I think he's very much one that Arsenal will be looking to move on um, come the end of this summer. Or, or by the end of the summer, I should say. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's weighed in with the following Balogun debate, says that he's, he's good enough for the Premier League, talks about how exciting he is, etc., etc. So those are uh, some of the other bits of uh, Arsenal news that have sort of uh, swam to the surface during the course of the weekend. Um, and yeah, uh, let me know what you think on any of those stories. Let's get some questions in for the last sort of 10 minutes of the show to start filling up the chat box. We're going to take a very, very short pause while you do that. 
like, subscribe, all of the rest of it. Check out uh, our piece on the members platform, anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. The link is in the description. Uh, we discussed how and why the signing of Yuri and Timber from Ajax, which is seemingly getting closer, would complete Arsenal's defensive unit. Check it out. Okay, okay. Let's take some of the questions. Um, you know what? I feel like when I'm in the middle of these shows, I have to like refresh my Twitter feed in the middle of them because things are moving so much um, that you need to kind of make sure that you're you're across everything all of the time. Um, nothing new of interest to us when it comes to Fabrizio Romano's feed. How about David? Ornstein. I've got notifications turned on for Ornstein. I had him on for Fabrizio Romano the other day, but he just tweets the same thing, man, over and over again. Like, how, I couldn't tell you how many tweets I read about Turam going to Inter. Great. All right, mate. Like, you tweeted about it how many times? Um, those Ornstein bombs just drop differently, don't they? But anyway, look, let's get some of your questions. Uh, let's get some of your thoughts. Ashley says, do you think uh, Timber and Lavia uh, would negate the Caicedo signing? Um, Arteta could coach up Timber into a defensive midfielder and build on Lavia's experience. Um, I think what Arsenal have looked at me is it's just costings. You know, I, I think it's as simple as that. I think we can try and come up with all these sort of intricate ways that Mikel Arteta may be looking to accommodate for the fact that we're not going to get uh, Moises Caicedo but to me I think it's just about money I, I really do and I've always said that Arsenal will have to work within the the constraints set and I've always felt like Arsenal would have to you know be a bit smarter in the transfer window than maybe some fans were suggesting going into it we are clearly doing um, or wanting to do big value deals but we clearly have to do them over a period of time it's been a problem for us in this Declan Rice negotiation. You know, I don't think that overall value has been the biggest issue, the overall price that we've been offering. I don't think that's been the biggest sticking point. I think the biggest sticking point has been, well, why are you going to pay us this over three or four years, maybe even longer? So I think Arsenal have just recognised, understood, given the prices that they've been quoted, that they need to do things that work a little bit better and a little bit smarter in terms of their finances. And, and this is the kind of stuff you get, right? So CB says, utter nonsense. We have money to spend. We have to stop providing excuses for them. We're able to do these deals, yeah, over a long period of time, which is why we're trying to do them um, in that way. But Arsenal don't have 220-odd million pounds to just slap back, slap down on the table and get all these deals done tomorrow. If they did, things would be easy. Why would you stress yourself out? They don't. They don't. They have to meet financial fair play requirements. They have to work within the structure of the football club. They can do these deals over a long period of time. And because they've managed to clear out so much of the dross from the squad, they're able to take on a heavier wage bill because that's not something you have to pay up front and bank on the success that will come from having this better team, generating more revenue and therefore us being able to meet those commitments. But, you know, you have to spread the cost. Chelsea, with all their money, 600 odd million 
spent over the last couple of windows. Most of those deals were done in structured payments. Most of those deals have been spread over seven, eight years, hence some of the contract lengths, because even they could not afford to do it cash up front, cash up front, cash up front. That's how football works. You know, once you start getting into the higher bracket of spending, you have to be smarter about the way you do it. We haven't brought in any revenue from sales yet. Everybody keeps talking about how much we're going to bring in from sales. At this moment in time, while we're trying to negotiate for rice, timber, we've done the Havertz deal, we think. Maybe Lavia too. Maybe we're in concrete conversations over that. None of our players, though, that we've talked about but as potentially moving on have moved on for any amount of money that's going to even touch the sides. So it's not providing excuses. It's being realistic to the situation. It's being aware of what the overall picture looks like. And unfortunately, some fans don't want to see that. They'd rather just rant and rave about spend the fucking money. You know, we've heard it all before. It ain't as simple as that. If it was as simple as that, don't you think these deals would be done by now? Anyway, um, let's take it on. Uh, going to just pick out a few questions at random. Uh, Paris Jackson says, what do you make of the alleged Arda Guler links? Looks like a really talented young player, but looks really raw. No, actually, let me re let me wind that back. He doesn't look really raw. He looks really accomplished, actually. But he is still young. I think he needs more... Um, I think he needs more experience. And, and I think, again, there'll always be that risk of bringing a player over from a league that is significantly weaker and dropping them in the Premier League and just expecting them to go bang. I think it would need to be a signing that is made with a view to his sort of longer term value. And I just don't think this summer that's what Arsenal are necessarily in for. I think if they get their priority targets in and there are opportunities to do further business of that type, you might see it later on in the window. But to my understanding, there is no real solid interest in in other Goulet from Arsenal at this moment in time. Uh, Garthy says, uh, any word on signings for the ladies team? I don't know, mate, to be honest with you. Um, I've been so wrapped up in this bubble of the men's team and the transfers over the last couple of weeks. I haven't really paid as much attention to that as I should. I would give um, uh, Tim Stillman a follow on Twitter. He is my go-to guy for the women's team. So I would get over there, give him a follow, and I'm sure if there's anything uh, that's worth reporting, Tim will be reporting it. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? Um, Matt says, Harry, do you think Arsenal fans are over-hyping Balogun, wanting 40 to 50 million pounds? He's obviously talented, but there doesn't seem to be much interest in him. It's it's interesting because I think there will be interest in Balogun. I think it's just really early in the window. And, and we forget that because of how active Arsenal seem to be and because of the number of players that we're hearing there chasing. I think it's, it's easy for us to sort of maybe lose sight of where we actually are in this window. I think Balogun will go on the tour of the US. I think commercially, he's a massive asset in that sense. Take him over there. He's the, the striker for the US men's national team. I think it makes a lot of sense to have him in the picture then. And, and, you know, you're going to assess him anyway over the course of the summer. So why not do it there? Um, I think he could move on before the end of the window. 40, 50 million is a bit excessive for me. I think you're probably looking at more like 30, 35 top end. Um, and particularly given that most of the interest is coming for clubs outside from clubs outside of the UK, I think you'd be sort of, it'd be wishful thinking to think that a club from abroad is going to cough up 
40 to 50. Um, that's just that's just my uh, opinion on that. Um, Francis Ogan says, also, I still question how good Edu is. We have a lot of players to sell, and Edu does not get good fees for them. Let Oba go for nothing, and then Barca sold him off. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has gone on a free transfer. I think the whole selling thing, you can only, it's easy to sell when players perform and produce. The, the more the player produces, the more interest there'll be. And when there's loads of interest on a player, then it's easy to drive up the price. The problem is when there's very little or no interest. And, you know, you mentioned Ainsley Maitland-Niles there. I think, yeah, looking back in hindsight, we could have sold him for a bit to Wolves a little while back, but we didn't feel we could let him go at that point. What did we lose in the end? 15, 20 million pounds tops. But his performances over the last couple of seasons, wherever he's been, have been pretty uninspiring, hence why there isn't any interest. So, you know, I don't want to beat Edu up for mistakes of the past. And, and a lot of them are mistakes of the past. You know, uh, people are going to sort of sit there and I'm sure scrutinize what happens with Nicolas Pepe this summer. He cost the club 72 million pounds. Edu didn't make that decision. And Edu is not going to be able to recoup anywhere near that amount of money. Yet people will come down on Edu and say, well, hold on a minute. You know, you're supposed to be good at selling. You can only sell something for what someone is willing to pay. And if there's no interest and, you know, particularly at the value that you hope and expect, then what really can you do about that? I don't know. I'm always, when we start, selling people on that or when we get to the point that we maybe have to sell players that are of a high value that are um well thought of and and that are attracting interest from multiple parties i think then you'll judge how good arsenal are at or be able to judge how good arsenal are at sort of squeezing the absolute maximum um out of player sales but until that point comes along it's going to be difficult. Like, for example, if someone came in this summer for Emil Smith-Rowe, now I don't expect him to go out. In fact, I wanted to talk about sort of how uh, well he's done for the England under-21s, but more so than how well he's played, how fit and sharp he looks, which I think is really, really refreshing and really, really positive. I think if somebody came in for him and there was a willingness on Arsenal's part to sell him, that's the type of deal I'd be looking at and thinking, go on, Edu, show us what you can do show us that you can get the maximum for our players because this is a player that has value that is up and coming that has shown glimpses of what a, a wonderful talent he can be is arsenal's number 10 etc etc like that would be the kind of deal where i'd look at edu and go right now i'm going to judge you on on your ability to get the maximum amount of money but i can't really judge him on a deal with Nuno Tavares, where we only paid seven, eight million pounds for him. So there's no great need to really sort of make a ton of money. His performances out on loan have been diabolical. Therefore, the interest in him has waned even further. How could I possibly judge Edu on that? I can judge him on the incoming and the fact that it didn't really work out. But in terms of the sale po point, which we will come to down the line, it's difficult. You know, it's difficult. Uh, Bedros says, uh, do you think Arsenal fans on social media contribute to the bad sales as we usually call a player shit when they're bad, e.g. Mustafa, Pepe? Um, how can we get money for players we don't make? I think that's a part of it. But I also think, like, look at Chelsea, like how much they slagged off Kai Havertz, yet we've 
had to pay around about 65 million in total to get him over to our club. So I think it plays a part. I don't think it's the be all and end all, but I do think it plays a part. Yeah. Uh, Malesi says, good job. Uh, what's your opinion on Nicola Barella? Would he be a Rice alternative considering his Champions League exploits and flair? Why not take him with Rice instead of a prospect Lavia now that we're missing Caicedo? Well, I think Barella is seen by Inter as untouchable, which means you're going to have to pay a crazy amount of money to bring him in. And like I said about Sandro Tonali as well, I'm not 100% sure that the Serie A boys are going to be able to come into the Premier League and have the impact that we'd expect them or, or need them to. Um, so, yeah, I'm not not 100% sure about that one. I've got to say, I, I like him as a player. I think in Italy, he looks great. And I think in the right surroundings, he's very, very effective. But, yeah, that's... Um, that's as far as my interest goes in the idea of bringing into Arsenal Football Club because, A, I think it's going to cost too much money. If you're talking 20, 30 million, maybe 40 million, I'd say it's probably worth the risk. But Inter are going to demand a hell of a lot more than that. Look how much Tonali went for. And um, he's not as proven as uh, as Nicolo Barella. Uh, AJ Envoy says uh, 30 to 35, which is what I said I think we'll probably get for following Balogun in the event that we do sell him. He says, can't help to think that if he played for another team, he would go for more. He's young and international and has scored goals. Look at the price Hoyland is being quoted at. But is somebody going to pay that for Hoyland is is what my counterpoint would be there. It's all good talking about these prices, but are deals actually materialising at that value? I'm not sure. Um, Hoyland is certainly um, not worth what he's being talked about. He's got potential, of course, but as I always say, potential without being fulfilled means nothing. So, um, yeah, I get what people are saying, but I genuinely do think that's a, a reasonable amount of money uh, for following Balogun. Anyway, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Um, heading off uh, on down to the studio. TalkSport 2 today uh, coming up uh, with Ollie Klink. If you're interested in having a listen, we're going to be talking all things transfers, I'm sure. Uh, come over and join us. Keep an eye on my socials for information with regards to when we're on air, all the rest of it. And um Fingers crossed we'll be back with another episode today. Just depends on what happens uh, news-wise throughout the course of the day. But um, there is uh, a hope that we'll get a little bit more on Rice, that maybe we'll hear that Ajax have accepted Arsenal's proposal, second proposal, that is, for you and Timber. We'll have to wait and see, but we may be back later on today. Uh, if not, catch you all tomorrow. Take care. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy the sunshine. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.